let me say good morning again. Um, Before we start into the sermon this morning, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for all the ways that you bless us. Father, we have been enjoying the glorious weather that has been part of your creation over the last several days. And Father, we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for this family that meets here at Netherwood Park. Father, we thank you for the love that we have for each other and the love that we have for you and your son. And Father, I pray that you will help that love to grow and strengthen and become even deeper. And I pray, Father, that as we travel down the road together, that we will help each other, we'll lift each other up, we'll help each other with whatever problems and stumbles that we might have on the path so that, Father, we can all become more and more like your son, Jesus Christ. And that is our greatest desire, is to be more and more like him. Father, we look forward to the day when he returns. We pray, Father, that that day will come soon. We pray this through our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So we have reached the seventh week of our eight-part sermon series entitled, Resolve to Follow. As I'm sure almost all of you know by now, this series grows straight out of our 2014 Netherwood theme. We're not going to do the pop quiz today because I know that you all have it. Our theme for 2014 at Netherwood Park is that all may know we are disciples of Jesus Christ. That all may know we are disciples of Jesus Christ. It's a theme that expresses our collective intention to be a body of believers who reflect the nature of Jesus at all times, in all places, and in all situations. So that everyone will know that we're striving to walk in the steps of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And that was the starting point of our series. In our first week, we stressed that Jesus' disciples will make him the central focus of their lives. That they will clearly and consistently reflect the nature of Jesus Christ to the world around them. Then we talked about dust We talked about the necessity of being coated and covered in the dust of Jesus Christ. Being coated and covered in the dust of Jesus Christ that can only come from following very closely in his steps. And then in week three, we devoted our time to the importance of counting the cost of following Jesus. Because we know that truly following Jesus will interfere with our lives. And it will come at a price. Sacrifices will have to be made. Things will have to be given up, and priorities will have to be shifted. Then in our fourth week, we were able to celebrate with the families who had babies born into their families in 2013. And we used that opportunity to focus on the responsibility that we all share to give our children to the Lord. To give our children to the Lord so that they'll be placed on the path of following Jesus, so that they too will be transformed into his image. Week five was devoted to crazy love stories and the necessity for us as Jesus' disciples to choose him as the great love of our lives with a willingness to forsake all others and with a willingness to forsake everything else. This is the foundational hallmark of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, a love for Jesus that is all-encompassing and it's all-consuming. And we stress that Jesus' call for an exclusive relationship with him is actually quite reasonable. And it's quite rational in light of what he has sacrificed for us. 
because he sacrificed everything for us. And that's the ultimate crazy love story. And then last week we talked about the unfortunate tendency that we sometimes have to choose rules over relationships. The tendency to choose the false security that comes with trying to follow rules over the true security that comes from having a relationship with Jesus. And we learned that Jesus' call to obedience is a call to inside-out obedience. Obedience as a loving response to a master who loves us completely and who loves us perfectly. As we ended last week, I ask you to go into this next week and read a story, a story out of Luke, a story about a dinner that was hosted by Simon the Pharisee and a dinner that was crashed by a woman who was known to have lived a sinful life. And I hope that all of you did that. As you read about how that woman came into the dinner, you found out that she defied every convention and every rule. She even washed Jesus' dirty feet with her tears. Her hair. And I hope that we came to realize that that is exactly the kind of follower that Jesus is looking for. And this morning we're going to turn our attention to a very different foot washing story. It's not a story of Jesus' feet being washed, but it's a story of Jesus washing others' feet. It's a story that illustrates perfectly the radical nature of the life that Jesus calls for his disciples to live. It's a story that demonstrates that choosing to follow Jesus is choosing a Lord and Master who defies all conventional wisdom. It's choosing to follow Jesus as a Lord and Master and understanding that he turned the ideas of authority and he turned the ideas of leadership and he turned the ideas of royalty and he turned the ideas of victory completely upside down. We're choosing a Lord and Master who believed and practiced that the first will be last and the last will be first. We're choosing a Lord and Master who believed and practiced that being a servant and slave of others was the true mark of leadership and the true mark of greatness. And disciples of Jesus Christ are choosing a Lord and Master who lived his life to be served. To serve, I'm sorry, not to be served. And the disconcerting thing to many of us is that, isn't that Jesus chose to live that kind of lifestyle. It isn't disconcerting to us that he chose to be radically different than people would have expected the Messiah to be. What is often disconcerting to us is that he expects us to be that way also. He expects us to live a lifestyle that, that mirrors the lifestyle that he lived, radically different and radically unconventional. He calls for his disciples to live and die just like he did in loving service of others. If you look at your outline, that's our key point this morning. Our key point is that choosing to follow Jesus is choosing a life devoted to loving service of others. A life devoted to loving service of others. So as we look at living a life devoted to serving others, let's return to our text for this morning, John chapter 13. John chapter 13, it says, It was just before the Passover feast, and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world 
and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is one of those stories that I think we're so familiar with that sometimes we lose the power of the scene that we're witnessing. So we need to understand that Jesus flouted every convention when he got down on his knees and he washed his disciples' dirty feet. See, that was servant's work. That was slave work. That was a job reserved for the lowest of the low. And we also need to understand that Peter's response was exactly and conventionally correct. Peter's saying, no way. You aren't washing my feet. You're the Lord. We're the disciples. You're the teacher. We're the students. Peter's saying, a man in your position simply can't do that. And Peter is saying that men in your position don't do that. But Jesus dramatically and powerfully showed that convention was not going to rule the day. That convention wouldn't govern his behavior. Love was going to govern Jesus' behavior. And for Jesus, love is all about service. Love is all about humbly serving others instead of arrogantly seeking to be served. But Jesus didn't stop with just the example. Jesus quickly moved to application. And he made it very clear that washing of feet wasn't just about demonstrating who he was. It was also a lesson to be followed. It was a lesson to be imitated. It was a lesson to be perpetuated. Notice what Jesus said. He said, now that I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also should wash each other's feet. But he didn't stop there. He reemphasized it. He said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. But he didn't stop there. A third time he said, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. 
See, Jesus' call is a call to love. But it's an unconventional call. Because Jesus calls for his followers to demonstrate their love for him by demonstrating love for others. And Jesus' call is a call to service. But it's an unconventional call for service. Jesus calls for his followers to serve him by serving others. See, when we choose to resolutely follow Jesus Christ, we're choosing a life devoted to service of others. I'm someone who learns best with images and tangible reminders and examples. And the image in this story that resonates with me has to do with Jesus' towel. And it's an example and it's an image that I've used before and I'm sure I'll use it again. So as we move to the so what section of our outlines, I want us to spend a few minutes thinking about towels. First of all, let's remember the scene. Jesus got up from the meal, he took off his outer garments, and he picked up a towel and he tied it around his waist. And one by one, he washed the disciples' feet and he dried their feet with his towel. I imagine his towel first looked like this, clean, pristine, no dirt on it. But Jesus' towel didn't remain like that. Imagine what his towel looked like once he had finished washing the feet. I imagine it looked something like this. Because those were dirty feet. These were disciples who spent their time in sandals. And spent their time walking on dirty roads. These were men with dirty feet. Jesus' towel did not remain clean. He was washing the feet of a bunch of sandal-wearing, dirt-walking people. And that was dirty business. And his towel would have reflected that. So what does that have to do with us? Because we aren't a bunch of sandal-wearing, dirt-road-walking people. And we don't need our feet washed on a regular basis. But we are a bunch of people who spend most of our lives in a world that is full of dirt and grime. We live in a world where we see dirt around us everywhere. And we walk in paths oftentimes where the dirt of the world can't help but attach to us. Can't help but become a part of our bodies. We live in a world where instead of the dust of compassion, we often encounter the dirt of cruelty. We live in a world where instead of the dust of kindness, we often witness the dirt of hostility. We live in a world where instead of the dust of humility, we're faced with the dirt of arrogance and pride. We live in a world where instead of the dust of gentleness, we often experience callous harshness. We live in a world where instead of the dust of patience, we often discover the dirt of frustration and irritation. And unfortunately, we live in a world where instead of forgiveness, we often witness blame and grudges and retaliation. And no matter how hard we try, some of that dirt sticks to us. Some of that dirt adheres And if we aren't very careful, the dirt of the world can begin to cover up. The dirt of the world can begin to obscure the dust of Jesus. And if we're not careful, we can start to look a whole lot more like the world that we live in 
than the Lord who we serve. And Jesus' Jesus's solution to the problem of dirt on his disciples isn't for them to stay out of the world. He wants them in the world. And his solution isn't for them to try and wash away the dirt on their own. Now, his solution is for his disciples to help each other with the dirt. His solution is for me to lovingly help you remove the dirt and for you to lovingly help me remove my dirt because we aren't in this journey alone. We aren't following Jesus' path by ourselves. We're in this together. And if I love you the way that Jesus calls on me to love you, I will devote my life to serving you. And if you love your fellow disciples the way that Jesus calls for you to love them, you'll devote your life to serving them. So how does this work? What does this look like? Well, I think it looks something like this. For each other, we'll wash away the dirt of cruelty with the dust of compassion. And for each other, we'll wash away the dirt of hostility with the dust of kindness. And for each other, we'll wash away the dirt of arrogance and pride with the dust of humility. We'll wash away the dirt of callous harshness with the dust of gentleness. And we'll wash away the dirt of frustration and irritation with the dust of patience. We'll wash away the dirt of blame and grudges and retaliation with the dust of forgiveness. We'll each use the dust of Jesus to wash away the dirt of the world. And we'll do that for each other. And I think that's the very best indicator we have that we are covered in Jesus' dust. If we have a towel that's covered with other people's dirt. I'll wash away your dirt. And you'll help wash away my dirt. And we'll all serve Jesus by serving each other. See, I think we never look more like Jesus than when we're on our knees, getting our towels dirty, serving each other. A little later in John 13, in verses 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know you are my disciples, if you love one another. We are to love as Jesus loved. We're the towel around his waist. We're the hands in the water. When we love as Jesus loved, we share some very powerful images, some very powerful messages with the people that we're serving. The first message we share is a message directly from Jesus. When we, his disciples, serve others in love and humility, we are delivering this message from Jesus. Through our service, Jesus tells those we serve, I love you and I care about you. I love you and I care about you. And that's information we all need to hear. It's a message we long to hear. Our Lord and Master Jesus Christ saying, I love and care about you. You know, none of Jesus' disciples should ever feel abandoned. Jesus gave each of us a family, 
fellow disciples so that we can feel his presence through each other. I don't really serve you. It's Jesus Christ serving you through me. And you really don't serve me. It's Jesus Christ serving me through you. And every act of service is Jesus saying, I love and care about you. But that's not the only message we deliver. When we serve others in love and humility, we deliver the message that we, Jesus' servants, love and care. When we serve each other, we're saying to each other, I love and care about you. And aren't those sweet words to hear? To hear and see that others on the path with us care about us, that others on the path with us love us. Having others with us sends a message to us that they love and care about us. And when we serve them, we tell them, I love and care about you. Finally, in the so what section of your outline, I want to emphasize that every one of us, every single one of us, every disciple of Jesus Christ has been given a towel. We're all called to service. We're told that there are many different kinds of service, but we're all called to serve. Jesus has given every one of us a towel. And I think we need to get busy getting it dirty. So let's end today with three things that I think we can all do and all we should do in response to Jesus' example on his knees in service. The first thing that I think we can all do is is we can find our area of service. We can find our towel. So I want to ask you a question. What is your area of service? What are your gifts? What are your abilities? What are your opportunities? How can you use the dust of Jesus to help remove the world's dirt from your brothers and sisters? How are you going to get your towel dirty? And I feel like I should remind us that if our service isn't done in love, if our service isn't marked by compassion, if it isn't marked by kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness, then it really isn't a message from Jesus at all. It doesn't say, I love and care about you. The second thing that we all need to do is we need to make sure that we imitate both Jesus and Peter. Because we need to understand that both serving and being served requires humility. Jesus humbled himself and got down on his knees and washed Peter's feet. But Peter also humbled himself and allowed Jesus to wash his feet. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it harder to let someone serve me than for me to serve someone else. But that isn't how this is supposed to work. We all need to serve each other in loving humility. But we also need to humbly admit that we need to be served. We need to admit that we don't have it all together. We need to confess that there is dirt in our lives. We're all in this together. And Jesus calls for us to serve each other in humility. And in humility to recognize our need to be served. And finally... I want to encourage you to go to your knees in service. 
because you'll always find Jesus there. When you're on your knees in service, Jesus will be right there with you. He'll be spreading his dust. He'll be dirtying his towel. He'll be serving those he loves right beside you. So as we close, I just want to invite you to a life of loving service. A life of loving service that's in the steps of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. And I want to offer you an invitation If we can help you in your desire to serve others, then please come forward as we sing a song. Or go to the back, and you can go to room 104, and there will be some godly men, a couple of our elders there, that can help you in your desire to be a servant of others. But you may be here in need of service, and we would like the opportunity to dirty our towels in service of you. If you are in need of service, we also would like for it you to come forward while we sing this next song or go to the back to room 104 so that we can get busy getting our towels dirty together. Let's stand and sing. Mm -hmm.